begun to listen to stories. We have begun to listen to the stories of people around our nation. We have become to begun to be able to hear fears and anxieties, hopes and dreams. And yet as we listen to stories, we find we're discomforted. I had never known much about the Black Wall Street massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 99 years ago in 1921. I didn't know that there was a very prosperous black community in Tulsa, and they had 40 blocks where they had homes and businesses and schools. They had a library, they had a hospital, and this was a vibrant black community. And it made the white community in Tulsa uncomfortable. And so at City Hall, they deputized many white people. And on the eve of May 31st, 1921, they went and torched the city and killed those. There's a story that has made me so uncomfortable, it's hard to even repeat it. But there was a black man who had both legs amputated. He was on a board with wheels, is how he got around. And he wore catcher's mitts on his hands so he could move himself along on the pavement. And he sold pencils. An innocuous thing, and you wouldn't think that he would be cutting into much competition, but he sold pencils on the side of the road. And during that night, they tied a rope around him and dragged him through the streets until he was dead. Now that's not a story that ends with happily ever after, but it's a story that opens us to the depth of pain that the black community has been facing. I'm always reminded of my time in Chicago with my black brothers and sisters in my doctorate program. And the day we went to Bridgeport, Bridgeport's a community on the south side of Chicago, but not the south side of Chicago. Bridgeport was the neighborhood predominantly Irish in its day, where Mayor Daley and his family grew up. And we went to do mission work for a day in that community. And before we left 
our black friends explained that they were nervous going into Bridgeport because the last lynching in that community was in 1986. 1986. These are stories that have made me open my eyes and look at things differently and understand someone else's pain. The other night we had an ecclesiastical council for Holly Bronner, very, very wonderful woman who is now approved for ordination in the United Church of Christ. And in her paper, she talked about how our differences enrich life when they're embraced. That our differences add something. That when our worldview and our lens opens up, we are enriched and we are able to understand and see the world more fully. So even when we're sharing in the stories of pain, we come to know others in a way that just breaks open our hearts. Now Jesus taught in parables. He told stories so that people could understand it. At our 11 o'clock Bible study um, that we have been having great fun with during this time of being home, uh, we Zoom, uh, we've been Zooming for Bible study. We're now meeting on Tuesday and Thursday mornings at 11. We're Zooming still, but we're outside in the shade in the parking lot, socially distanced. Um, so that we can have that sense of being together. But that Bible study has really come together in remarkable ways. We started with the Gospel of John, the stories of Jesus's life. We went to the Old Testament and we read Daniel, the stories of the prophet. And then we read Ruth and we read Esther, the stories of amazing women in our Hebrew scriptures. And so we have been reading and learning through story. And now we're in, we've just finished Galatians, which is Paul's theology, and it's not written in the form of a story. And so we've been wrestling with the difference and the way to understand it. And somehow stories often make their point easier. Jesus taught with stories. He taught in parables because it is so hard for us to put ourselves in another social location, in another worldview, if we don't have a story to immerse ourselves with. So Jesus tells the story of sowing seeds. This is an agrarian society. They all understand how to sow seeds and grow crops. And the ones that fall on the path, oh, those are the, those seeds. They're the ones that just get trampled on by the evil one. The people do not understand at all, and they just go oblivious by. Those that are sown on the rocky ground, they grow up, but then they fall 
at the first sign of trouble or persecution. And then there are those that grow up through the thorns, and the world chokes them. And they are swayed by the glitzy things of the world and wealth and media. And then those that are sown on the good soil, they hear and understand, and then they are able to yield for the kingdom of God. Now when we hear that story, we know we can put ourselves in different locations. Of course, we first like to think we were, we were in the good soil. Here we are. We're in church, we hear, we understand, and we yield for our community. Except when we don't. We have to be honest with ourselves and realize that there are times when we just walk oblivious by. That God is calling out to us to see our neighbor, to help our neighbor, to be present in a way that can heal brokenness and bless the least of these among us. And we're so caught up on our own, we walk right by and don't even notice. After all, it wasn't a Sunday. And then there are times when we can get really fervent in our faith, that we can feel that we are completely blessed by the word of God, by the fellowship of other believers. But oh, then when somebody starts to criticize organized religion, when people start blaming Christians for the ills of the world, we immediately put our blinders on and said, oh no, that's not me. And we fall away. And how often are we choked by the thorns of the world? How often does our faith get choked because we want to keep the peace? We don't want to speak a hard truth. We don't want to stand up for something that Jesus convicts us to because some may be upset and get mad. Some people might unfriend us in whatever way. Or what do they call it now, cancel culture? Some people might cancel us and just wipe us out of their lives because they don't agree. And it's hard, it's hard in the midst of the world choking us. It's hard because we are way too tuned in to media and not tuned in enough to each other. Because we are so hung up with a story that only is told from one point of view that we cannot see the fullness of truth. We get caught in that place. We get caught in that place where the world chokes us and we yield nothing but being the church lady on Sunday morning. And yet God is a tenacious God. Once God has got us by a thread, 
God doesn't like to let go. Once Jesus has touched our hearts, Jesus doesn't want to let go. Jesus teaches us, and those stories become embedded in us. And we know that with only five loaves and two fish that we can feed the world, that we can do what is impossible because nothing is impossible for God. We have a tenacious God who hangs on to us, grabs our hearts, and calls us to do what is hard, what is dangerous, what is uncomfortable. We talked a lot in small groups about the things we are called to do outside of our comfort zone. That we are called to step on that line or step over that line so that we might truly yield the fruit of the kingdom. Leslie Marvin Silko, a Native American writer, writes in her book, Ceremony, <coughs> excuse me, about a Native American man who comes back from World War II. And he's struggling and he's suffering. Today we would say he has PTSD. And he comes back into his community, now knowing the difference between the Native American community and communities of the world. His worldview has opened up. He can see from more directions. But he comes back to what he knows. He comes back to his faith so that he can find healing. In Tayo, the character's name, Tayo says, I will tell you something about stories, he said. They aren't just entertainment. Don't be fooled. They're all we have. You see, all we have to fight off illness and death. You don't have anything if you don't have stories. And so the parables of Jesus are our stories. They allow us to examine ourselves from multiple lenses. Those stories allow us to see from multiple points of view in the world. Jesus calls us to look not at just our own self-interest, but to look at the needs of others. And we cannot even begin to understand the needs of others until we've listened to their stories. And so I am inviting you into a time of listening to hear the stories of our black brothers and sisters, to hear the stories of those who have been marginalized in our nation. And we have many books. We put together a reading list in the Lantern, and I thank Andrew Jennings and Susan McClay for help with those reading lists. There are also other books that we have here 
A lot of these can, I think pretty much every, most of the things we have mentioned can be uh, borrowed. And so if there's a book you would like to borrow, let me know. Uh, but if we are able to read each other's stories, and I published in full in The Lantern Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail. I think it's a seminal work of his. I think it's long, but immensely readable. Um, and it really helps to understand a black minister's point of view in the midst of racial injustice. And so I invite you to read that and contemplate it. I believe it's worth every minute. But when we come and we are able to own our own stories and hear each other's stories and share those stories, that is when we can be made whole for this world. And so I pray that the parables of Jesus invite us to live the parables of today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.